Welcome to Impacting Jamaica, the Independence Edition, where we shine the spotlight on positive developments since independence in 1962 and the way forward for Jamaica. We also highlight positive happenings, activities, projects, and investments at every level, across every sector, to inspire, motivate, and excite people everywhere. Impacting Jamaica, the Independence Edition, is sponsored by Kingston Wards, the Passport Immigration and Citizenship Agency, the Tax Administration of Jamaica, Grace Kennedy, the Sajikor Foundation, Harib Cement, the Port Authority of Jamaica, and JN Bank. My guest is Mrs. Audrey Togwell Henry. She's a career banker of over 30 years' experience, and she is currently the president and CEO of Scotia Bank Group Limited. Welcome, Mrs. Togwell Henry. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Buckley. Thanks for having me. It's certainly my pleasure. In our discussion today, we would want to find out from you, what is your view, what do you think is the most significant development in Jamaica since independence? It doesn't have to be one thing. It could be more than one. But what do you think that would be in terms of our development? Right. So I have to say that as a as a small country as an island, we have had a number of significant achievements since independence, and I would say Jamaica um, is certainly resilient in a number of ways. But if I were to highlight one um, achievement that I think is quite significant, is the maturity and depth of the Jamaica financial sector and market. And this has served our economy well. And particularly when we look at the development of our financial sector and our financial market um, in, through the lens of how we stand out regionally yes. um, and even compared globally, I would say that that has been a, a significant achievement. And if, if, I may ex- if I may expand on that a little, what I would say is to start off, we have a good mix of financial institutions. Um, if we look at our commercial banks, we have a good mix of international banks, regional banks, and local commercial banks. Um, we have the Society, we have credit unions, microfinance companies, insurance companies, investment homes, etc. And so we have that breadth and, and mix of entities. And the strength of our sector, really one of the key hallmarks is the fact that we are very well highly regulated. And our regulations are not just based on local standards, but where our regulations are completely aligned with international regulatory standards. And this is really driven by the functions of our well-established and well-run regulatory bodies. Um, if I should mention specifically our Bank of Jamaica, that regulates the deposit-taking institutions and our FSC, that regulates insurance companies and investment houses and so on. And so we operate in this very highly regulated, well-structured environment, and that that is a key hallmark and a key feature of our sector. But also, I would say, uh, Byron, is the fact that our financial institutions in Jamaica, we place significant emphasis on compliance and risk management. And we also ensure that we run the entity in line with the regulatory requirements. 
I, I want to ask you two, two questions in regards to that. Would, yes. What would you say, so you have identified the, 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 the financial sector and the markets as a, a strong point, but what would you say is the contributing factor or what are the contributing factors why that is the era that has grown and, st- and stand out? Is it that uh, on, in, on the advent of independence we did some special things or is it that we brought some special things from, 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 from the colonial period? For our listeners, that is the system that runs the, the interbanking um, telemachine system. Right, the multi-link network. So each right. commercial bank um, has their own ATMs, but our customers can use other banks' ATMs and other banks' point-of-sale terminal because we have built multi-link. Okay. Um, and multi-link allows the transactions to happen seamlessly in seconds across banks. Um and, and we also have other electronic payment transfer systems, um, like our real-time growth settlement system run by the central bank, and an ACH, um, which is also a managed service um, out of jet. So, so those are some of the components. But I also, I would love to touch on um, just the depth and diversity of the financial services that we offer. And these services are completely aligned to global services. We have very robust payment systems. We have mortgages, credit cards, debit cards that can be used locally and internationally. Um, And these are significant developments because what we have done within the sector is we have allowed the Jamaican consumer and businesses to be able to play seamlessly in the global space. Um, And that happens, you know, I think most persons now have come to accept that as norm, but all of that was built post-independence. So I think they, just the whole maturity, the depth of the financial sector really has played a 
also has driven financial inclusion. And okay. though it has long been established that financial inclusion is one of the key pillars for economic growth, if I were to step a little bit further and look at our financial market, there's been ongoing development of our capital market. We have a well-run and internationally recognized stock exchange, the Jamaica Stock Exchange, and that also includes a junior market. Um, so the growth of our capital markets has also given businesses options for financing to grow and expand, and it has provided additional opportunities for investment for all Jamaicans. Um, and I think that just the structure of having our stock exchange, this has really allowed businesses to be formalized, putting in appropriate governance structures, and that augurs well for the long-term viability of businesses. So I think certainly the Jamaican financial sector is very resilient. We have proven that we are capable of withstanding shocks, such yes. as the 2008-2009 financial crisis, and most recently the severity of the COVID-19 pandemic that saw financial institutions really stepping up and supporting businesses and consumers alike. Um, you know, to ride through this pandemic. Would you would you say there is a link between the strength of our, of our financial sector and, and the fact that the regulate the regulator is strong? Would you say there's a link between that and the fact that we have as a country been able to be viewed favorably in the international um, financial market? Yes, for sure. Because even as um, commercial banks, we have to have international correspondent banks and, and the, just the way our market is organized, regulations that we adhere to, allows us to still have that opportunity. And persons may, may think that that is something that is a matter of course. We do have um, entities in our own region that are struggling to establish um, to establish it, you know, correspondent banking relationships. So I think just the whole development within the context of what we've been able to achieve um, through very strong public-private partnerships, working with regulators, working with successive governments, and, and investment of, of Jamaicans and, and international players coming into the market, um, that has really been, been a significant achievement in my mind, certainly since independence. And now, a word from our sponsors. The land. The people. The culture. We are a proud nation, and everything we own is carried with pride. Whether returning from a trip, or doing your daily business here at home, use your passport. It is your Jamaican right. Get yours and carry it with pride. Welcome back. All right. Uh, we're going to move now to, let's look at the negative side. What would you say is our most disappointing feature and how can we address that as a country since independence? Well, again, just to to, to, 
realize how far we have advanced in telecommunications, you know, in just general health um, and, and um, life expectancy and, and infant mortality and so on. We, we really have done well and we continue to develop and, and grow as a nation and I think all Jamaicans should feel proud of our achievement. But I think um, one thing that we really need to to take into account and to have a sustained plan is how as a country we can ensure that we are working towards uh, progressive human capital development. Um, admittedly, there is a vast wealth of talent and ingenuity among our people, but we have somehow not been able to offer adequate opportunities for all Jamaicans to live up to their full potential. And I think whilst we have seen some efforts manifesting itself in some of the good things we have achieved, we have seen this, this need to really have human capital development as a key here focus uh, manifesting itself in some of the the more negative things that we see happening in our country. For example, low matriculation to post-secondary education, um, a significant percentage of our people not really trained to use higher order skills, um, and then, of course, the, the ongoing high levels of crime and violence, and to some extent, even our ability to have sustained um, high levels of GDP growth. So I think that is one area that that we really need to have a sustained development plan to address, um, and and I think that that starts from the ground up. Yes, yes. So it starts with the values, the parenting, the community development, um, you know, the, the the levels of trust um, between government and and people. Um, how we have social intervention programs around you know, good health care um, at all levels within the country, um, how we develop and build our, our education system to help our students to, to, to meet and, and, and to be able to participate fully in, in the, the, the 21st century, um, how we really apply technology um, in, in, the, in, in our school system, the focus on STEM subjects yeah. um, as a key area of really taking our young people forward. So I think that is where I would say we have the greatest opportunity to accelerate Awesome. for the development of Jamaica. Human capital development. But let me ask you, is there a role... Is there a role to be played by the private sector, civil society, in to invest some more and prioritize this whole area of human capital development? For example, let me absolutely. Let, yes, because I, I want us to talk through how can we get this done going for the next sixty years, eh? Uh, how right. can, how can we get this done? For example, there's a there's a there's a big discussion about whether or not there is adequate investment for... And I'm jumping to the, to the tertiary level. I don't know it starts below that. Is there enough yes. adequate investment, for example, in tertiary education and training? 
You know, how do we get that formula going? Right now, I, th- I, I don't think we have 20% of the population doing, doing tertiary training. So it's not a very significant uh, percentage. How do we, is there a role for the non-governmental sector to assist in that? I, I certainly think so. And I, and I alluded to it just in my earlier comments that I think we need to have strong private-public sector partnerships as we focus on um, human capital development. So, for example, there needs to be ongoing dialogue in terms of what are the needs of the private sector that we need to have an educated, skilled, trained workforce to meet. Um, and and we also need to ensure that um, through various corporate social responsibility programs, that the efforts of private sector, that those are mirrored and aligned to the objectives of the country and the objectives um, that are set uh, for our growth. But I think at the end of the day, we really need to, as a, as a country, have a blueprint for what the outcome, for, for the journey that will take us to the outcome that we want in terms of human capital development. We are a very entrepreneurial society, um, you know, persons are willing to, to start a business, but how do we get businesses that have been started, how we can get them sustained, how we can build those, build on those um, natural entrepreneurial skills that people have. So I think our biggest opportunity is to establish a very long-term plan for how we will, we will drive education starting at the early childhood stages. You know, we really need to make a lot more investment in early childhood education to ensure that students can properly matriculate to the primary level, to the secondary level, and on to tertiary levels, and that we're not leaving any child behind. Yes. You know, we, we do have a big opportunity to build on, on technical skills, um, which is that sometimes are important technical skills when we have young men and young women who could really be trained in, in technical skills. And that's something that we had in the past. So how can we create that blueprint um, that we can all you know, ascribe to and participate in, in really taking that human capital forward and we do have natural latent skills in the creative arts. Are we investing enough there? Yes. Yeah, sure. How can we build on some of the natural abilities of the Jamaican spirit and the Jamaican people? So you're not just you're not just um, tying down limiting this to the, the traditional eras. You're just saying let's find a way to what should the word be to explode all the skill set of the Jamaican people, but let's do it in a, in an organized, um, systematic way. Absolutely, absolutely. Because I think it is the diversity of our people that that has, that really has taken us to where we are, and then how okay. can we, in a very organized way, find a way to build on the diversity, to build on the various skills level, the talents, the capabilities and the skills, and how can we nurture that from the ground up? Yes. Because I made reference earlier on to 
to the whole parenting and the community development. It's those right. state of village to raise a child. Right. How can we build on that and ensure that students are matriculating properly from the early childhood level when they're going to primary school, they're ready for primary school. When they leave primary school, they're ready for secondary school so that their skills can can really help to drive the, the development of the country. Okay, it was a pleasure talking to you, Mrs. Togwell Henry. I know we could do this for another half hour. Thank you very much for joining us on Impact in Jamaica. Thank you so much, Diane. You have just come to the end of another episode of Impact in Jamaica, the Independence Edition. Do join us again for another in the series on SoundCloud, Google Podcast, Spotify, Audible, Podcast Addict, or on Stitcher. Impacting Jamaica, the Independence Edition, is sponsored by Kingston Wars, the Passport Immigration and Citizenship Agency, the Tax Administration of Jamaica, Grace Kennedy, the Sajikor Foundation, Carib Cement, the Port Authority of Jamaica, and JN Bank. You can also visit us at impactingjamaica.com and at jamaica-gleaner.com.